0: This is Season 5 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn.
1: Today on the show, useless history information. And we'll scare you with some useless horror. Yes, and pretty cool
0: inventions. Plus, we will answer your questions from our mailbag and your favorite news from around the world. Totally Useless information it's everything you never needed to know welcome to episode number five
1: today is history what happens tomorrow is history yeah <laughs> napoleon bonaparte yes a french general was once attacked by a horde of rabbits. No. Yes. What kind of general is he? He was scared of some rabbits. But here's the actual story. He had arranged for a rabbit hunt for his top men. And so he got thousands of rabbits together, put in boxes, and then they released them all at the same time. And instead of running in the opposite direction, they ran directly for Napoleon and his horse. (laughs) needless to say he was saved by a hair (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: right i'm sorry i'm follically challenged i don't get that at all not at Uh, all that's all right juliana was a medal-winning great dane she died in 1946 sadly but in her lifetime she was awarded not one but two blue cross medals one was for alerting her masters to a fire that had started in their shop. And the second, Blue Cross metal went to Juliana for extinguishing an incendiary bomb by urinating on it.
1: Wait okay, so this dog, yes, alerted them to a fire that was happening. It saved their lives, yes. But on the next one, yeah, this one, this dog ran over to the where did this dog work? It didn't
0: say where because the location was undisclosed for security purposes, but Mm. she found the incendiary bomb and she urinated on it to defuse it.
1: Whoa, okay, that's a pretty smart dog, you know? that's What what was the dog's last name, MacGyver? (laughs) (laughs) Holy mackerel. In 1830, it was sold as a cure for everything. In 1834, it was sold as a cure for upset stomachs by Ohio physician named John Cook. Do you know what it was? No. (laughs) It took more than 70 years before it became a condiment. It was ketchup. Oh, really? We had said that it was sold as a medicine, but I didn't know that in 1830 they basically sold it as like a snake oil type of cure-all. But by 1834, this guy John Cook... He was selling it for upset stomach. Now, let me get this straight. An acidic tomato product. Highly acidic, yeah. Upset stomachs. What the hell is that? Didn't quite cut
0: the mustard, did it?
1: Ah, (laughs) That's a condiment joke. Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) I didn't realize the condoms were flavored in mint. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah. Okay. Well, take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) hey you got a minute the shortest war in history lasted 38 minutes gee i wonder what else lasts 38 minutes Oh, that's great, because I got the same one. Do you really? Okay. of God. <laughs> so this this proves, thank you for listening, to totally useless information with Nick and Roy. And as we often tell you, we do not rehearse the show. All we agree on is the topics, and the history is one of them. We do not tell each other what the facts are going to be. So this, this war lasted 38 minutes. It was between Britain and Zanzibar, known as the Anglo-Zanzibar War. It occurred on august 27th 1896 usually when you hear about wars it started in this year it ended in that year in this war it occurred on august 27th 1896.
1: this, this war it it takes longer to say Ag- anglo zanzibar war than the actual war took in <laughs> exactly. fact when you when you talk to the brits in like 1897 oh what stories they had of that war <laughs> <They did. laughs> that's
0: right Thirty-eight minutes. Hey, uh-huh. by the time Juliana went and urinated on the incendiary bomb, boy, the war was over. It's it. It probably it was would have been all
1: wet, so to speak. It was
0: all wet. You know what? Maybe the war would have ended a lot sooner if she was on, on there at the war. You know. Well,
1: it would have been called the Anglo-Zanzibar Golden Shower War. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, speaking of ferrets and dogs and monkeys,
0: I don't know if you were you speaking of that ferrets and dogs and monkeys. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so not speaking of ferrets dogs and monkeys they were the most popular pets in the roman empire instead of cats ancient romans used ferrets to hunt mice and rats and they used dogs as guards and monkeys as entertainment they use monkeys monkeys as entertainment yeah
1: well that makes sense i mean monkeys are pretty funny they you know? are and they're very much like humans Except when they throw their poop at you. Or yeah. Those, maybe some humans throw their poop at you. I don't know. And I don't want to know. I
0: don't want to know either. Well, you know, if, if but Juliana can urinate on bombs and monkeys can throw feces at you.
1: Then what's going to happen next?
0: Yeah. we. This is when you hope history doesn't repeat itself.
1: Famous English poet, Lord Byron, before attending Cambridge University, found out that he could have a pet in his dorm with him. Nice. So he decided, well, dogs and cats, they're pretty boring. So Lord Byron brought a pet bear. (laughs) Really? Now, this is true. He actually was seen all the time walking his pet bear with a chain on it and would keep it in his dorm. Now, had I gone to Cambridge and found that out, I would have got, like, some swimsuit supermodel and put her in a bearskin coat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay for those of you who are against all that stuff pita i'm talking to you you know pita, no
1: no i wasn't talking about lunch <laughs> oh, you said
0: pita. It's, it's a bear something. sandwich on a pita. i love pita bread oh pita's delicious you could put a smear of hummus on it it's delicious yeah. in yeah. 1998 there were twelve <laughs> <laughs> was it is that what you had for lunch is that why you have like pita on your mind
1: no, no, I had the swimsuit model with a bear costume on my mind, but go on. <laughs> yes. In 1998,
0: 1,200 bones from 10 human bodies were found in a basement. The basement belonged to Benjamin Franklin.
1: Benjamin Franklin had 1,200 bones in his from basement.
0: From 10 human bodies that were found in 1998. Now, before you go on and saying, uh-oh, one of the, you know, the, the America's forefathers, one of the forefathers, you know, he, what did he do? it was revealed that the bodies were used in the study of the human anatomy.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what they told people, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what Jeffrey Dahmer said.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I'm studying. So, speaking of scary... Bone chilling. Blood curdling.
1: Oh, the horror of horrors. Listen, if you dare
0: she scares me she does my gosh i'm not messing with her she's so good she we really appreciate all the work that she does she is what they call our imaging voice on the totally useless information with nick and roy roy what do you got in terms of horror useless horror info
1: when aging actress betsy Palmer took the role of pamela Voorhees in the friday the 13th movie Mm It wasn't because she loved the script. It wasn't because she really liked the role. It was because she hadn't worked in a while. And Betsy Palmer, the famous actress, needed a new car because her car blew up. (laughs) And she did not have the money for it. So she said, I'm broke. So I'm going to take the next script that comes along. And she actually took that script, which actually wasn't a bad script for her. She became very famous for it. Yeah. And uh, but isn't that wild? She said she would have never, ever done that film had her car not broken down and needed a new car. Uh, Things happen for a reason.
0: The horror genre has never gotten much love from the Academy, you know, though they've been around for many, many years. There seemed to be like a bias against the scary movies. Hmm. The Exorcist, however, earned 10 Oscar nominations in 1974 including best supporting actress for linda blair who was just 15 years old at the time
1: that's crazy and do you know when that movie came out we were told by the priests and nuns in our school uh-huh. that if we went to see the film even if we went with our parents that we would go directly to hell if we died
0: wow so you went to a catholic school
1: no i actually saw the movie oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go (laughs) now i did go to a catholic school and we did go to we snuck in through the exit to go see that film we hid and then we sat in seats and watched the film and i really i said to my brother i never forget this i said we shouldn't be here this is really bad (laughs) that's right so scared,
0: the living hell out of me so what you did was so you went through the exit but you walked in backwards and pretended you were just walking out
1: yeah, I said I'm the backwards man, the backwards man. <laughs> that's from a movie. That's, if anybody knows that,
0: email us. There you go. That's pretty cool. A movie, oh, yeah. Movie
1: called Freddie Got Fingered. I know that's crazy, but you gotta see it. Yeah. Danny Lloyd was the little boy in the movie The Shining. Remember the little boy at the yeah. hotel? Yeah. Okay. He was so young that when he tried out for the part they lied to him they didn't want to scare him and say he was going to be making a horror film yeah when they finally picked him they still lied to him and told him it was a drama and so on and to do the lines and so on it wasn't until i guess blood started flying out of the elevators (laughs) they needed to tell him something (laughs) by the way (laughs) he grew up pretty
0: fast i'll tell you he did uh w- while the lack of shark appearances works the heightened attention in jaws because you, you remember the movie jaws the the shark wasn't around for too long right well speak but um
1: but um there you go
0: yeah we we couldn't buy the rights for the uh for the theme so we actually hummed it and sung it and sung it right so- that was another scary film jaws yeah yeah. So the real reason why the shark wasn't shown in full is because the mechanical shark that they had built rarely worked during the filming. So the director Steven Spielberg had to have be creative, right, in, the, in very creative ways, like those yellow barrels to shoot around the non-functional movie shark.
1: Yeah, that was. Uh, I tell you the truth, though, boy. Even even today, if you watch it, of course, the the special effects nowadays are so great. Yeah they make draws look kind of stupid but it's still good it's still fresh and i'm not a big spielberg fan but it's still a good movie i'll tell you really good acting too so in the horror film scream okay had you have you seen scream many times okay i have not i've never seen scream the janitor's name is fred fred west craven the the, the um Famous director of the film Scream wanted to give a nod to the movie Nightmare on Elm Street. So, if you notice, Fred the Janitor wears a very similar red and green sweater as uh, homage to Freddy Krueger, uh, okay. and was played by Craven himself. Wow, Cra- okay, Craven actually does a cameo playing that part, but he wears a very similar sweater. As homage to another film.
0: Way to cool. go! Well done, yeah. Wes. Okay, cool. Um, so Fay Ray, you know the famous Fay Ray, where she mm, started yeah, the King Kong. in King Kong. She was hot. She was. So this is how they I told put her me. A,
1: put her in a bear outfit, and, or in, in a monkey outfit,
0: maybe. <laughs> not, yeah.
1: Or just bear. Or
0: just bear. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. A bear Fay Ray. Sure, say that one yeah. time slow in the attempt to entice Fay Ray into starring in the in the movie in 1933 the director Marion C. Cooper promised you're going to have the tallest darkest leading man in Hollywood <laughs> okay so she thought great I'm going to be working next to or uh, working with Cary Grant right tallest darkest leading man in Hollywood
1: Co- sounds more like
0: Sidney Poitier yeah. go ahead. <laughs> Cooper went on to point out at that Cooper went on to point out that the giant ape was the tallest, darkest leading man in Hollywood. So technically, they didn't trick her. They weren't lying. He, King Kong was the tallest, darkest leading man in Hollywood at the time. In
1: 1933. Wow. Heather Donahue, the main actor in the Blair Witch Project. Now, have you seen that? That was scary. That was like well, scary,
0: and I think you developed the vertigo when you're watching it, right?
1: Blair Witch Project was 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 an odd film because it was so poorly shot and it was so garbage as far as the way it was made but that one scene at the end is just so scary that it makes the whole film almost worth it yeah. but heather donahue gets the main part in the film heather was like it was her first real movie that she was acting in, and she realized that the film was so low budget she later explains that she was very very scared for her and her other uh, cast members because she truly thought that they were taking them into the woods to make a snuff film and that they were going to kill them. They were so poorly paid. They shot the entire film in less than eight days. Wow. So she just thought it was a screw around thing that they were going to actually murder them. <laughs> oh my oh my God. Gosh, that's
0: scary. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ed Gain, also known as the Butcher of Plainfield, was an American convicted murderer and body snatcher. (laughs) His house of horrors made headlines for years, and after he was sent to a mental hospital for his actions. These were so memorable, they inspired most of the most iconic thrillers of all time. Psycho, Silence of the Lambs, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre are among them. Among the items discovered in his Wisconsin farm were Noses, masks made of human skin. I don't want to really freak anybody out. Decapitated heads and all kinds of weird things.
1: Yeah, sounds like it was a big part of his life. It was. <laughs> he later admitted to
0: only two of the murders and said most of the items that they found came from a late night cemetery raid. Yeah, sure. That's it. Right.
1: Wow. Yeah. He had noses. He did. He kept noses around. All right. so if you like
0: Okay, so this is what we're going to do So this is a a Here's some bonus material On totally uses information with Nick and Roy So -hmm. I'm going to make this last about 15 seconds Because if you're squeamish You can fast forward 15 seconds Ready? They found Four noses Nine masks made of human skin Numerous decapitated heads Lampshades and bowls made of skin Lips were used as a pull on a window shade And belt made from nipples
1: Ooh, the old nipple belt
0: Okay, 15 seconds has gone by. We hope that you fast forwarded and you're <laughs> oh listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy.
1: Wow, it's gross. But if you go to nickandroy.com, you can see pictures of us. That's pretty gross, too. <laughs>
0: Innovations, ideas, the Totally Useless Information Podcast presents inventions. So if you're walking around the house in the dark, um, you know, and you stumble and along and you stub your toe, right? Because you're either mm-hmm. stepping on the kid's toys or you stub, you know, your toe on the corner table or something. Well, there's no more stumbling around in the dark or stubbing your toe because, thank goodness for this invention, LED slippers. Light up slippers. These fleece slippers come with built-in movement-sensing LED torches so you can see where you're going.
1: So you you have like little spotlights, headlights on your on your slippers
0: that's right so you won't be you won't stub your toe on the table but you're going to bump into the wall because you're looking at your
1: feet Uh, but not only that (laughs) you got like a really upset cat that flashes you because he thinks you have your high beams on (laughs) (laughs) very good (laughs) wow you know the little square plastic thing that holds the um white bread bag yeah the tags yeah 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 the little that little square tag that has the little cutaway in it that you put around the bag and it keeps it from opening. Right. Well, that was invented by a guy named Floyd Paxton. Okay. Floyd Paxton was flying around. He was on a plane years ago before, you know, all the other like really cool stuff was out and Floyd needed to close a bag on a thing of chips that he had. So he had this little piece of plastic there, which he notched out a little hole and he clipped it onto the bag. And then when he got home, he said, I'm going to make these. How genius was that? A little piece of plastic he found turned into what was the what is the white bread bag closing clip.
0: Well, what's really really interesting, I know this is totally useless information, but. Here's something useful. You could take those bread tags and you can organize all of your cables and stuff because sometimes they're kind of, you know, it looks really messy behind your computer or your your Mm -hmm. stereo or whatever or your hi-fi. Okay. So use Mm -hmm. these bread tags to corral the cords and this way it looks nice and neat. Oh, there you go, folks. Useful.
1: You have bread tags all over the house.
0: You have it. Okay. (laughs) So I don't know. Those of you who've broken your leg and you had to walk around with crutches, what a pain that is, right? Because people want to sign the cast and you have to sidestep some tours because it's just a pain to do it, you know. But how Mm -hmm. about, but no, but there's this great invention. According to Unnecessary Inventions designer, Manny Benedetto, he made his latest project, which guarantees to put a little pep in your broken step. And that is pogo stick crutches.
1: Pogo stick crutches. So you hop around. That's right. On the crutches. That's right. These recreational crutches.
0: What's his name? His name. His unnecessary invention designer, Manny Benedetto.
1: Okay, Maddie Benedetto, Benedetto probably is responsible for more two broken legs. Than <laughs> they right. broke the second leg trying to keep. The- and that's how he keeps his business going. What an ingenious idea! Oh my God, that, what a crazy idea! You know what I want to invent? I want to invent a clip-on fake cast. <laughs> that's right. That you could bring to Disney World with you and get on all the rides like really quickly. There you go. There's another useful tip
0: why we haven't had back-to-back useful information on totally useless information with nick and roy
1: a man named paul winchell was best known as the voice of the character cartoon character winnie the pooh and tigger he would alternate back and forth and gargamel from the smurfs now if that wasn't making him famous enough you know what else he had done before those two things no he invented the mechanical artificial heart wow so this guy paul winchell guys this is the one to get the pencil on that's his right yeah paul winchell he was the voice of tigger and winnie the pooh and gargamel the from the smurfs he was the voice for those cartoon characters but he also invented the mechanical artificial heart in his spare time you know yeah we well, are yeah.
0: <laughs> That's right. Be still my heart. Wow, that's pretty cool. Excellent. Yeah,
1: that's crazy.
0: All right. Um, so we're talking about inventions as you're listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy, how about a portable toaster? Now, what this is, is a knife that gets heated and it's hot enough to toast a slice of bread. Like you've heard of, you know, a hot knife through butter. No, this Mm. knife gets hot enough to heat and toast a slice of bread easy to clean and you can you know really take it anywhere you want if you travel around the world you can take this with you it's really convenient it would be really cool if it looked like a like it almost looks like a lightsaber (laughs) okay (laughs) but there you go a portable toaster actually toasts your bread
1: when, years ago when I went camping one time, they had a thing where you could put two pieces of bread in it and yeah. then it had mirrors on it and yeah. then these metal things that held the bread and the mirrors would heat up the metal things and toast the bread for you from the sunlight. That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I would like to look that up and find out what it was called. A man named Nicholas McKay mm-hmm. was scheduled to be a chaperone at a high school dance. He was not used to wearing suits. He was probably a mechanic or you know, construction worker or something. Right. And it was a big deal that he was picked as a chaperone for this high school dance. So he took out his one and only suit to find out that it was full of crap all over it. So he tried brushing it to no avail. So what he did was he took a roll of masking tape and rolled it up backwards on a piece of stick and then took the lint off of the suit. When he realized what he had done... And somebody said wow that's a great idea he said really do people wear suits no no he said yeah. i've got to invent this and thus the lint brush was invented Oh, crazy wow. I love that
0: one so <laughs> if you if you didn't get that take a pencil or a pen rewind it the last 15 or 30 seconds and listen to that again and share this with all of your friends crazy totally useless information with nick and roy so this my last invention is a math clock Well, you have to do all the work to figure out what time it is. The Albert clock displays math equations instead of actual time. There's one equation for the hour of the day and another one for the minutes. So to tell the time, you have to do the math first. For instance, if the clock clock will display 8 plus 3 hours and 25 minus 3 minutes means 8 plus 3 is 11, 25 minus 3 is 22. So instead mm. of saying 1122, it says 8 plus 3 and 25 minus 3. The designer made the clock to help kids brush up on their math skills and their javelin throwing skills because it goes flinging across the friggin' room.
1: Yeah, and Nick has a clock like that, and that's why when he shows up to work late, he says, I'm just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: been known to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Fifth grader Clara Lazan created a model of an undiscovered molecule that they knew about, but she took the time out to create the model of tetra ytra Tetra-ytra-toxicarbon. Okay. The model from this fifth grader was so good that till this day, it is the model that scientists <laughs> use when they are describing tetrin She was wow. that good. Yeah. A fifth grader. Amazing. And Nick can't tell time with a math clock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. And now for something completely useless. She was born on March the 9th, 1959. She was first displayed at the New York toy fair. Her name, Barbie, Barbie. but Barbie actually has a full name. Her name is Barbara Millicent Roberts from Willows, Wisconsin. Oh, she actually has a place she's from. She's from. So not only her full name, so Barbie, your Barbie doll that you have, if you collect them or your kids. Her full name is Barbara Millicent Roberts from Willows, Wisconsin, born on March 9th, 1959. And she was first displayed at the New York Toy Fair.
1: Cool. See, I like that stuff. That's cool. Yeah, because it is. They it, took the time to, to, to do that. <laughs> you
0: know? They did to figure it all out. Right. You know, so if you'd like to find out more information, you go to our website. What's our website?
1: Nickandroy.com. That's Nick and roy.com and send us a mailbag what's in the mailbag what's in the mail so today's mailbag is timothy from queens new york oh yeah we know queens we know you new york yeah well he says he loves the show and was turned on to it by his mother, who has listened to over 80 episodes of your show. Thanks, Mom. Boy, is she smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she could use one of those math clocks. Well, Tim asked me a really good question. Right. Tim says, where did the expression the big apple come from he said you guys are both from new york so i figured you might know mm, a good question Well, do you know nick
0: no i don't i've eaten apples but i know we've referred to new york as the big apple and the logo's on it yeah
1: in fact if you remember i drew the apple with the building in it when i was a kid and won the prize for the thing and they used it all over the place it yeah. was all over the street signs and everything yeah well, the actual saying comes from a news sportscaster who said that there were four major horse tracks in New York State. Folks, write this down because I would have never got this in a million years. Yeah, There were four major horse tracks in New York State that hosted four of the major horse races in the actual sport. If one horse won all four of those races, it was considered to win the big apple. Oh. And the saying became used, and after a while, they called it the big apple. Wow. Crazy.
0: That's a great question to me. I think they also use it as part of their I Love New York campaign, and it just took off from there. Really great idea. So that
1: was Timothy. So Timothy, you ask and ye shall receive at nickandroy.com. Go to nickandroy.com. Leave us an email because we will do stuff like this for you, and we'll put your name on, and you can tell us some personal information about yourself. Okay, Heidi Klum?
0: No, 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 no. (laughs) So today on the show, we talked about some history. We scared people with horror. We scared people with some inventions. It's time for the news.
1: And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News.
0: You know what this story is from? A Florida woman.
1: A Florida woman. Is
0: behind bars after allegedly attacking her husband with a plate of spaghetti. Okay. Yeah. It was a case of domestic pasta battery that left the victim covered in meat sauce. No. Investigators charged Melissa Daigle, 44. She was intoxicated during a family discussion, you think? sauced. She was sauced. She was sauced. So 44-year-old Melissa Daigle was sauced, and it turned violent when she threw her dinner, a plate of spaghetti, at her spouse.
1: Now, was it spaghetti or was it like penne or rigatoni? Because no, this is important, Nick. Because you hit somebody with a with a hard penne and take their eye out. No, no, this was spaghetti. This is
0: actually spaghetti. It was
1: spaghetti,
0: not the thin capellini. This was spaghetti. It stuck to the right. torso and the lap of Daigle's husband. On, wait, it went into his lap. It went was into it his. Hot? Well, see, that's the thing. The victim was not injured, just covered in meat sauce. So, thankfully, he's okay. So he had a
1: whole bunch of spaghetti around his junk. It looked like he needed to be waxed. No. <laughs>
0: that's when sp-
1: uh, that's when a plate of spaghetti became
0: a spaghetti and meatballs.
1: Yeah, exactly. It looked like that, right? Because it was just spaghetti, but then it was sitting in his lap. And right? It could have been disconstrued, and then somebody sticks a fork in it, and <laughs> that's really bad. That's right. That's
0: when. So he wasn't injured by the spaghetti throwing. Now incident. that's a spicy
1: That's right. So his
0: wife Daigle was arrested at the, as for domestic battery, as we said, and booked in the county jail. During a court appearance, a judge barred Daigle from having any contact with her husband and ordered her to be outfitted with an alcohol monitoring device. He was
1: outfitted with an alcohol monitoring device, but the judge also requested to taste the pasta. <laughs> Yeah, give me a fork. Could you, uh, bailiff?
0: Could you give me a fork? I want to taste taste this pasta. I love a
1: good sauce. Can you give me a
0: fork? <laughs> so now, Daigle and the victim were married for twenty years, mm-hmm. and they fought in front of their adult children. Now, Daigle, who works at a lar- at a Largo bar, was arrested for allegedly spitting on her husband earlier in the year and striking him in the face with her car keys. During Wait a a- so, this is the spaghetti woman. This is the spaghetti woman. She She's was,
1: got her past. She's that, got a
0: record here. So a prosecutor subsequently declined to pursue charges against Daigle at that time. But oh. her luck ran out because this time around, when she threw the plate of spaghetti at her husband, she was charged.
1: It wasn't the last straw. It was the last spaghetti. <laughs> the last pasta. <laughs> the judge was like, that's it. I'm done here. You're spitting at him, throwing your keys. Now you're hitting him with pasta. What a waste of food. You know, there are kids starving in India. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And there are people who are horny in Ohio. So what was the end result? Did the husband, uh, you know, get any type of damages other than a plate full of pasta? <laughs> <in his hand? laughs> no, he, he was given a loaf of bread. <laughs> yeah, you got me uh, Italian bread for me to lap this up. In right. my lap. And a spoon <laughs> And a spoon to lap up the to spaghetti. To lap this up, no pun intended.
0: That's right. <laughs> Well, speaking of lapping it up, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. We will scour the internet and other sources to find out more useless information for you guys next week.
1: So if you like pouring meat sauce in your lap, <laughs> go to nickandroy.com. That's nickandroy.com and leave us an email. So leave us some some information. And also, please tell a friend about the show and share it. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening.
0: Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of nickandroy.com. Visit nickandroy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever
1: you get your podcasts.